Welcome on in. It is overtime with Jonathan Peter. I'm glad you guys could be with me here on this Wednesday. We have so much to get to today. I know a lot of times people say that when they actually have zero things to get to today. I'm being honest. Between the Perry on Winfrey news, we got to get to a Jose Ramirez, Josh Naylor, Guardians conversation. Yet to get to Michigan OSU and some of Feinbaum comments. We have, we just have a lot. There's a lot on the plate. Aaron Schatz in the 9 o'clock hour. Fan focus, off the beaten path. So much to get to. And I know the big brain is working extra hard today. I, I have a... Usually I can tell at certain points whether or not, you know, it's working the way that it should be working. You know, some days you wake up and you're like, oh, no, I, I, I couldn't pick out Paris on a map. You know, some days, some days you have, it's a little bit tougher than other days, right? And some days you wake up and things just seem to be clicking. They're just working. Like I had one big brain idea earlier today, and I'm not saying I'm the innovator of this because most of the time I try to take credit for being the innovator of certain things because I think, I think, I, I'm, I fail to, I'm an idea guy that has no execution. I've always lacked execution when it comes to implanting my ideas and then making them actually work and then making the necessary money that would accompany such a thing. I'm an idea guy. I put it out into the radio universe. Somebody else goes and uses it, and they make all the money. Lack execution in a big way. But this one was easy. Had to mow the lawn today. And, uh, you know, only did the front today. Didn't do the back or anything like that. Or I've gotten really lazy when it comes to uh, making sure that the curb appeal is very strong and making sure that the front of the lawn looks very nice. The back is, it's slided a little bit in the previous month or so. We're cutting it, but not the way that we should be. We're getting really cute with the designs in the, in the front, though. I gotta say, we, we, are, we are dialing it up with that striping kit. But I don't know why. I don't know what got into me. I was just thinking about it. I, I, was, I, I saw my golf shoes in the corner. And I was like, why am I not wearing my golf shoes to mow? You know, like Nick got in trouble a couple weeks ago. He came into the studio and he had uh, all sorts of grass stains all over his, his shoes. And Keith kind of got on him for it and all that. And I've been thinking about grass stains on shoes ever since. Because I'm like, wait, yeah, they just it's impossible to avoid. When you mow the lawn, you're going to get them all over the place. And then I was like, golf shoes. Golf shoes don't eat up the, the grass that same way. They're meant not to eat up the grass the same way because you're constantly on the grass. And on top of it, I feel like when you're walking on grass in golf shoes, it's like you're walking on a cloud. It's much better. So I put on the golf shoes. I mowed the lawn. I was worried about the judgment from the neighbors. I know. I know. You're like, Jonathan, no, who cares? If it works, it works. Nobody will judge you. No, people, I do feel like there would be people driving by in their car that'd be like, ah, I saw this dude with golf shoes the other day mowing his lawn, and it looked a little funny to me. But I can't argue with results. I was like a 25-minute mow, front lawn. This was great. We usually do it in 35. Cut 10 minutes off just with the pace. I was, I was, and, uh, I was excited, so I was going a little bit faster, obviously. But I was, we, were, we were moving. I think I might have been able to change the game here. Golf shoes to mow the lawn is how I know we're going to have an awesome show today because the big brain is dialed up. Also, we have news to talk about that we didn't see coming. Anytime we get news that just kind of blindsides everyone, there's a part of me that understands, okay, it's go time. And I know we're 50 days away from the NFL, but it has been a particularly slow, from a news standpoint, offseason. For the Browns. We've had a lot of really good Browns conversations, but it's been particularly slow for what you'd normally find in an offseason. Hey, maybe that's a good thing. 
I think ultimately it is. At some point, through all the conversations about it being a slow off season, we have not yet given the pat on the back to Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski for maybe the reason why it is a particularly slow season and slow news season. Uh, between the two of them, they have they really locked up Berea. I, everyone's always like, oh, do we, we get a new coaching staff? We get a new GM? We get a new everything? It's like, man, I, I don't want to go through that whole entire process. I don't either. Listen, I don't either. But from my perspective, from the content business, if we had to go through a new coaching regime, new front office, probably get a lot more news than what we're currently getting. I'll say that much. Because these guys, they, they, work, they work a tight ship. And they also have found a way, and I'm going to criticize Kevin Stefanski at some point, for this exact thing, but they have found a way to make the incidents not be as large as often. Now, Perrion Winfrey can't help himself. And that's why I want to ask you guys to start, is he a bad egg or are they just not ready to have enough of these guys in the locker room? Last year, when the wheels fell off the bus, then we had the Jadavion Clowney stuff. And think about how shocking that story was for Mary Kay Cabot and Cleveland.com. We were all, I mean, again, we follow this team, we cover it like a Snuggie, and we were all blindsided by this report that had Jadavion Clowney being disgruntled, upset, everything that happened within the uh, the yelling in the locker room after one of the games in what week 11, week 10, I think it was after the Ravens game. All these different types of stories, we just had no idea because they keep all of that information under lock and key. So like I do I believe that it's been a particularly slow season and slow off season because they're doing something special? Not necessarily. And there's there's one highlighted reason for why I believe that that I'll get to in a second. But I don't believe that there are less things happening. I don't believe that there are less circumstances and instances that we would normally have a, a big field day with. I don't believe any of that. I believe things are happening. I just feel like they're better at covering them up. And I believe that they're better at making a lot of things go away. But there are some things like this Perry on Winfrey story that just can't go away the way that they want to. I'll use Mary Kay as an example as well for how I want to showcase this to you. I thought she had a great piece in Cleveland.com today. Absolutely fantastic. A lot of good insight. A lot of good stories and nuggets that I didn't see anywhere else because that's what Mary Kay does. She, she's, just, she's a beast when it comes to this stuff. She's fantastic at it. And... In talking about one of the stories with Perry on Winfrey, we all remember that story where he got a concussion during the season last year, had to miss a game because he took one of those scooters that you can ride downtown. This is what they said. Took one of the scooters that you can ride downtown and ran it straight into a pole, which is a, it's a comedy scene for 10-year-olds. It's not real life, right? But then Mary Kay today reported out that might not have even been the true story, and he made that scooter story up completely. So we'll never know the reason why. Mary Kay did give a reason out there. It was about uh, driving in the snow or something. Once you tell me one lie, I'm not going to believe the next lie. That's just the reality of it is. If you're trying to cover up a lie, and then you're going to go ahead and give me a different story, I've already, you lost me. I, I can't believe anything you had to say to begin with. Uh, and so now I'm just, I'm not going to take your scared of driving in the snow story as the reason why you made up the scooter story. Okay. Because making up a scooter story, if you have to make up a story that makes you look like one half of Tom and Jerry, I can't imagine what the real story was. They put that scenario in actual cartoons, but that was real life. And he chose that version, the scooter into a light pole version 
over what really happened, which tells me what really happened had to have been pretty disastrous. But that's what I'm talking about. Everyone celebrated the idea that there's no news. I don't believe that to be true. I believe there's been news. I just believe they do a better job at hiding it. And I also believe they do a better job of covering it up. You know, I'll never know what actually happened with Perrion Winfrey when he came back earlier and was out of practice for two days. He wasn't on the field. I have no idea. where. I don't know why. Kevin Stefanski didn't talk about it. So we, we weren't able to do a bunch of big stories on it. We weren't able to talk about it night and day because Kevin Stefanski just non-answered the hell out of it, and we got no answers. We, ha- we have no idea why he wasn't on the field for that portion a month ago. We just don't know. Uh, sure, does it have something to do with what happened with Greg Newsom at 3.30 in the morning in a parking lot? I think reasonable minds might be able to make that logical jump, but we honestly don't know because Greg Newsom was out there. I don't, I don't, I don't know. He was, I, Perrion Winfrey got in way more trouble than anybody else. I don't know. So everyone's just bending over backwards to give the Browns a bunch of off-season credit here. I don't think that's it. I genuinely think these things are happening. They're just better at covering them up. They're better at lying to us is all it is. They're better at not telling us the truth or giving us half-truths and us just accepting it because for the first time in 20 years, we are not a comedy of errors. We are just yeah, pretty quiet over there in Berea. Hey, how about that baseball team? Pretty quiet in Berea. How about those Cavs playing in France? Oh, 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 what a story we got. And we just did this song and dance for like three months because we had no other option. There was no other recourse. They have sealed in any bit of juice, and it's not getting out of Berea. So I will commend Stefanski and Barry for that. Hell, if they coached and were a GM half as well as they are at covering up some of the big, juicy stories that people like myself like to run with, Oh, they'd be they'd be the Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes of the game, like they they'd be they'd be all everything. They'd be Veach and and uh, and Andy Reid in, in two seconds. I think a lot always happens around the Browns, and I think a lot always happens around this team and around what this current regime even is. I just think they've gotten to a point where we are we want to believe and bury our head in the sand with the idea that not much is happening and it's been quiet and things are headed in the right direction and things are on the right track because that one's easier. But in something like this with Perry on Winfrey, when you have women out there on Instagram alleging what she is alleging, there is no running from that. You can't run from that. And that's why, despite their best efforts and despite the different half-truths that have been told on Perry on Winfrey's behalf in the past, it was always going to end up in this type of scenario. All that said, I don't hate the Browns' approach to Perry on Winfrey. I think it was obviously a swing and a big swing but I wouldn't necessarily say it's the type of swing that I wouldn't want to see them do in the future. I can hammer them for suggesting that a lot is going on that we don't know about, and I can hammer them for different reasons, but honestly, I stand by the move with Perry on Winfrey. Because when you made the decision for Deshaun Watson, you put yourself in the camp of being one of those teams, one of the few teams in the NFL that can legitimately make a case they're going to wear the dark hats. The housewife in Nebraska already thinks you you suck as an organization anyway. There's no changing her or his mind, whoever it ends up being, in whatever flyover state you want to discuss. 
There's no changing that person's mind. Because of Deshaun Watson, they already think you'll take on anybody and give him a second chance. So you might as well go the full money. When it comes to someone like Perrion Winfrey, it was okay to take those chances. It was okay to take those opportunities. It didn't work out. They did what they had to do. I'm not going to commend them for it. I would have gotten rid of them long before this one. But they did what they had to do. And at least at this point, we can enter the season, enter training camp, where they can try to figure it out from here. Season's not lost. There's no chance this is going to be a major setback or anything like that. It's just an unfortunate situation around a guy that was given one too many opportunities and chances. 216474 to below 92. But should the Browns be pulling back on taking chances on guys like this? And should Andrew Barry be pulling back? Or, or is Perrion Winfrey just the exception? You know, is he just a bad egg? Or is it simply within this organization and within this culture, they're not ready to have enough of these guys, the chances that I speak of in the locker room? 216-474-0092 on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Your phone calls and more coming up next. It's Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. All right, back at it here on The Fan. A lot of reaction right now based off of the... The story I referenced that came out of Mary Kay Cabot's piece today, and I encourage you guys to go go read it, cleveland.com. It was really good. I, I, re- I referenced how it basically, it's like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. It's insane to think about like, oh yeah, he just took a scooter and ran it right into a pole. That's not, that's not real life. And turns out, according to Mary Kay, it, it's not real life. So he told cleveland.com back on November 26th that he got a concussion and missed the Bills game because of a scooter accident, right? He was driving around on a scooter and according to him, just ran into a pole. Nothing crazy. He looked back to try to see if his friend was still behind him. And when he looked back, he ran into the pole. And then Mary Kay follows it up and says, A source told Cleveland.com that Winfrey actually suffered the concussion when he lost control of his car while driving in the snow that week near the Browns facility in Berea. I don't know what part of his brain thought scooter accident was going to play better than snow accident. But apparently some part of his brain did. But as I said before, if, I, if you lie to me to begin with, I'm not going to believe anything you say after the fact. If you'll lie about that, then you might lie about the car as well. Apparently he was, emba- he was embarrassed of not being able to drive in the snow. How many adults out there just don't drive in the snow because they don't know how to? It's not that uncommon. It's rare, but it's not that uncommon. For a kid that was just in the South playing ball at Oklahoma, it's not crazy to think that he wouldn't know how to drive in the snow. Reminds me when I lived in Houston. When I lived in Houston, I lived in Houston for three years. I did radio there. And uh, it did not snow the entire time I was there. And I used to always ask all the kids that I worked with in Houston, like, so wait, so you've never seen snow? And then and there's a couple of them just never left Houston and never left the state of Texas. And they're like, yeah, I've just, I've never seen snow. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was just, it was a wild thing to me. But yeah, there's, there's people that are in the South that if they don't ever travel, they don't know, they don't know how to drive in snow. They don't know what that's, no one would think like, oh, you, what a problem you are. Instead, you make up and fabricate this lie, and it just it just speaks to what I'm talking about. The Browns and these Browns players, I, I, they just I don't ever get the sense that they're being honest. I never get the sense, Stefanski included in this, I never get the sense that they're shooting me straight. I think part of why you guys always get so upset when it comes to his press conferences is that it always feels like he's being intentionally vague with just about everything, and it's infuriating. Now, I know when he first got hired, if you rewound the tapes, it would be me 
turning around and saying, well, all right, you know, he might be a little vague, but coming off Freddie Kitchens, maybe we need somebody that does button things up just a little bit more. But it doesn't make for having me believe any story you tell. Now, I'm always jaded when it comes to a lot of the press conferences in general because I never think anyone's telling me the truth. But here in Cleveland.com, Mary Kay's telling you about a past incident, a reason why he missed games, and how he just flat-out lied to her. Flat-out lied. So Perion will do that there. I, I don't know what he's capable of. Like like earlier today, and we'll get your phone calls in a second at 216-474-0092, this woman, uh, this woman goes on Instagram, and she writes this whole story about Perion Winfrey, and she talks, and, and she has this whole video up and everything, and you can go find her, and you can watch the video if you want, and Perion claps back, and you know everything's alleged, obviously. And Perion claps back and, and mentions how, I'm paraphrasing here, but you gotta. there's more to the story, basically, and there's more to the clip that you haven't seen, that type of thing. And it's like, I saw enough. Saw all I need to see. Why should I believe you? You're going to lie about a concussion in, a, in an accident where you're, what a source is telling Mary Kay was a car accident. I don't know what you're capable of lying about. It could be just about anything. I don't trust those type of people. I never do. You lie to me in such an innocuous, stupid way. I've got no reason to trust you. 216-474-0092. But I'm thinking about the Browns, and I'm going to get to a couple different examples uh, about whether or not he's just a bad egg and the Browns basically just got unlucky, so to speak, or whether or not they're just not ready to have enough of these guys in the locker room, the guys that you can take these chances on, and if it doesn't work out, you turn the page, but it's not going to ruin the culture. It's not going to ruin the locker room. It's not going to become a big deal. Because Perrion Winfrey has become and did become a big deal. 216-474-0092. Demos, lead us off here on the fan. Hello, Demos. Hey. All right. So uh, I was gonna, I'm going to make another point. But, but what you were talking about in the last segment about not hearing the whole truth, I was getting my hair cut today, and some dude next to me was talking to the other barber. Clearly, this guy had inside information about what happened. He's an older guy. And uh, – you're right. I, I don't want to get into it because I'd be like gossiping because I don't know <laughs> if it's the truth, so I'm not going to say that there. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, you are exactly right because he was talking about the situation that Perion was in, I guess, before the incident happened and and just how kind of all some of it all went down and, and it involved some other players, and I don't even want to bring it up a- anymore because here's why. Last year, the the drama around the Browns was incessant. Think about it. We, a year ago, Baker had just been let go. Deshaun, we didn't know how long he was going to be there. We were waiting every day. It was like, how long is it going to? How many games is he going to get? You know, all the season, not part of it. And it was like everything. Every day was just like, just this 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 uh, a cesspool of of people predicting this and hating on that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm on a certain level. I'm kind of glad that they, they finally got a lid on it in terms of, of, you know, not putting stuff out there. And the fact that they just got rid of him and said, you know what, that's it, boom, done. We, I'm glad that, 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 that we don't have to live with what is really, you know, happening underneath it, just to know that they're not going to put up with crap like that and get rid of them. And I'm, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm only really looking forward to the Brown season. I could care less if their helmets are white, as long as they win the game wearing the white helmets. Okay. That's what I care about. They win the game. You could, they could wear purple helmets for all I care. I wouldn't care if they won. The Vikings, not that everybody needs to, you know, everybody just needs to, to calm down, you know, like, like bear down for the Browns. Are they going to do it? 
Let's watch some football and get out of the frickin' soap opera situation that we seem to have been in for the last since since at least Manziel was here. Yeah. If not the entire New Browns era. I mean, God almighty, it's been crazy. We lived in it. And thank you, Demos. I appreciate you, man, as always. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking about Freddie Kitchens, and I, I just my brain completely bypassed the whole Baker OBJ nonsense and everything uh, attached to it. But I really do believe in years, Stefanski and Barry, they've just learned how to tighten it up. They've been trying. They've been working really hard to tighten it up, and they learned how to do that. I think there's so much more that we're just not privy to in a lot of these scenarios because they are so tight-lipped and they've just done such a good job of that. And I think a lot of you guys honestly have found it refreshing the way that Demos talks about it. You found it refreshing not to have day-in, day-out drama, not worrying about what situation's going to pop up or anything else like that. You just, you want results, and I understand that. I get that first, and and, uh, I'll always get that. But I don't know that I'm going to go as far as Demos right there in giving the Browns credit for finally getting rid of Perrion. And I say finally. He says a different term for it. I say finally because you had three incidents since April and he was benched multiple times for being in trouble last year to the point where Miles Garrett called him out. Miles Garrett held Perrion Winfrey publicly more accountable than Kevin Stefanski ever did. And I laughed at Miles Garrett, or at least crucified Maybe laughed isn't the right term. I definitely crucified that man because, uh, you know, he goes out there and he tries to be a leader and he, he, you know, gets on Perry on Winfrey's case and then he turns around and has his own accident and then he's just got got to go back like a turtle back into his shell and he just has to disappear because he just, he knew. He knew he'd lost his voice. He knew he spoke out and then he blew it. And so he had to go and retreat back. But I can't give him credit for this one. You know, I'll tell you what, I, I will vomit, vomit listening to Kevin Stefanski, if at any point this week when he speaks to the media, if he tries teaching this smart, tough, accountable thing on behalf of Perrion Winfrey, I will, I'll lose it. I will, I will absolutely lose it if he tries to go down that road. I mean, they, how many more opportunities can you give somebody? They gave him the longest leash I think I've ever seen for somebody that didn't accomplish that much on the field. For someone that was a fourth-round, one-year player, They let him go through multiple incidents last year. They let him go through three incidents since April. And that doesn't even include the part that he's been not on the field for while he was supposed to be a month ago. Like, they gave him the longest leash imaginable. So I can't be like, congratulations. You know, listening this morning, I was uh, going off to my swing doctor, Jeff, over there at Golf Tech. He was helping me out this morning. And uh, I, w- I was driving in, and, and I'm listening to Ken and Anthony, and they're talking about the breaking news. And instantaneously, I, they had exactly the right thought. And they, were just, they were both just like, okay, so he's cut. He's gone. Like, <laughs> it wasn't even a debate. Because the, the straw that broke the camel's back should have been three incidents ago. Not today. 216474-0092. Alfonso, up next on the fan. Hello, Alfonso. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, I'm happy they got rid of Perrion Winfrey. Congratulations for them to doing that. But I just want to say this. Perrion Winfrey has to be one of the stupidest people I've seen <laughs> play. Because, first of all, the man should be in jail. I'm surprised they didn't lock him up. Because there's a video on IG. Yes, I saw the video. It's this all morning. alleged. It's all alleged. we got to make sure I, I say that. And she should have, and they should have just arrested him. After the Browns released him, they should have knocked on his door and be like, you got released from your job? Come with us. Come to jail. 
you deserve to be in jail because this is the third time it happened. They should have got released him when he did that stuff in April. He he shouldn't even. I don't know. He's a waste of talent, waste of time. Shouldn't even be in the NFL. Ban him. I don't care. <laughs> and thank you, Alfonso. I appreciate you. And yeah, we got to talk about. You know, what happened in April is obviously a very different story, and they've already resolved that, so it is what it is. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But I, but I don't need – the whatever the police come up with, I only think about Perrion Winfrey in an NFL sense. And I'm only thinking about him in a Brown sense. And honestly, it's just – I agree with what you said as far as wasted talent. He is so incredibly talented. I, I kept thinking about we had Ashley Bastock on maybe it was a couple months ago. She's always very insightful. And, and, and she had Perrion Winfrey as one of her players that could have like a breakout year this year and really, really was going to, uh, you know, solidify himself on that defensive line and had a real opportunity to be one of those guys that just he, he got back to the sack totals that he had in college and really just built off of that year one. And I remember talking to her and she made this this, this impassioned and very all uh, awesome case in regards to Perrion Winfrey having this bounce back year. And, and I, I just remember me being like, I don't believe he's going to make it to play as many games as we hope he does. I just, there, there was always too many things. A black cloud surrounds this man. There's just no other, there's no nice way to put it. That's just the reality of it. A black cloud, he just, it just follows him. Trouble seems to go where he goes. And part of the sad part about this story is some of the different things like being out at 3.30 in the morning when Greg Newsom's car gets robbed. And you're like, well, how much of a fault is that on Perrion Winfrey? It's not really his fault, but also I've never heard of good things happening at 3.30 in the morning. You know, like it's, it's tough. I feel like he has to feel as if he's been, I don't know that he'll look at it like wasted talent because I don't know that he's going to look at this as if it's his final shot in the NFL. I think he's going to look at this as maybe a speed bump, but that's a shame because he really should be, this should get him serious. They should get him serious about what happens and why these bad things, when he's responsible for him and when he's not responsible for him, continues to follow this man at every turn. Everything down to the scooter accident into the pole that may or may not have been a car accident in the snow that he ended up missing a game for with a concussion. That is completely out of his control if you believe that that story. But again, these are the type of things. They, they just everything, everything just, just follows him for some reason. And I, I can't explain it. All right, 216-474-0092. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. What do the Browns do next? You know, is he a bad egg, or are they not ready to have enough of these guys in the locker room? I'll tell you why I want them to continue going down the road of investing guys, not Perry on Winfrey, but guys like Perry on Winfrey. Don't let Perry on Winfrey be the reason why the Browns don't try to make moves for players with questionable pass, because at this point, the toothpaste has been out of the tube. We've already told the rest of the NFL, we'll take on problematic humans. We will take on guys with problems. I have no problem with the Browns going down that road, but how many of those guys can they let in the locker room? 216-474-0092, your phone calls and more coming up next right here on The Fan. I was reading a quote from Stefanski who was saying how he told everyone before they left to not get in trouble. And I was thinking, I'm thinking of Stefanski as Michael Scott in the office. You cheated on me when I specifically asked you not to? Yeah. You know, Monday Night Football, they made that graphic of Stefanski where he was was spilling the chili pot as Kevin Malone. 
which was it was very cruel of them thinking back on it. It really was. It was it was one of those cooked up ideas that you have in the Monday night football truck. And then people are like, you can't actually execute that. And then the guy spent all week and they got the graphic design department on it. And then, yeah, they actually did do that. But sometimes I like to think of him more Michael Scott than I do Kevin Malone, just blissfully unaware of the lack of an impact he has sometimes. And I told them to not go out and get in trouble. Not much else I can do. I I can see him uh, rolling around trying to figure out in his brain why these things happen sometimes to some of these players. And I, I can also see him just resigning it, doing like the shoulder shrug and just being like, well, you get enough guys in a room, somebody's going to be the problem. But after what we saw last year and now in this offseason, what has been a, a relatively quiet offseason, I told you guys earlier, I don't believe it's actually been quiet. I just think they've done a better job of keeping some of those, those little stories more on the hush-hush that we would have spent a couple days on talking about. They've just kind of buried those and instead have just inundated us with white helmets, new Browns logo, new Browns stadium name, and all these other just completely inconsequential, basically meaningless stupid stories. They've just they just hammered us with those, and we haven't had too many of these Perrion Winfrey-like stories, the type of stories that there is no type of hiding that these guys can do when someone goes rogue on Instagram and just tries to out a player that they feel they were allegedly wronged by. If Perrion really mattered this much to the team, three incidents since March tells me the message never got through. And the benching multiple times last season, that one didn't work either since it kept happening. But maybe it was always going to go down this way. But it, does it make you wonder why Miles Garrett was the harshest publicly to Perrion out of anyone? We've gotten on him for his lack of leadership. I certainly have. But he got on Perrion in a way nobody else did publicly. Maybe when Miles speaks, I'm not saying he was in the right because it, it turned out a couple weeks after that, Miles was in his own little hot water. But maybe Miles knew. This is the type of guy I have to publicly shame in order to try to get that message through. I'm, I might have to, uh, after the fact, go back and give Miles Garrett credit for this one. This feels like when somebody calls out somebody else in, in the public eye that you're not supposed to call out, and you're like, maybe there's something really going on here that we need to know about. Maybe maybe this guy isn't on the up and up the way we all think it is. That was, honestly enough, that might be the most leadership I've seen from Miles Garrett in his time in a Browns uniform. We just didn't know it at the time. He was trying to tell us. Trying to tell us what's happening right now with Stefanski. What, his punishment for Perion is not good enough. What he's been doing hasn't been working. That's why he continues to get in trouble. That's why he continues to get in on-field football trouble. Not even just off-field, but on-field football trouble. It's not working. I got to publicly tell this rookie to get in line. And then we all, you know, acted as if the, you know, Miles Garrett was throwing, throwing stones in a glass house. And you're like, all right, dial it back just a little bit, Miles. But Miles was right. He was right the entire time. Unbelievable. 216-474-0092. Lance up next on the fan. Hello, Lance. Hey, what's going on, JP? Yo, what's up, man? Like you said, it it comes down to talent. And if you look at the Browns' history, going all the way back to the Kevin Mack, um, Kellen Winslow, Braylon Edwards, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Lewis, the Browns have put up with players that have had as much as allegations and, and maybe some legal trouble, I'm not going to say everybody was guilty of what they were accused of because mm-hmm. that wouldn't be fair yep. or true. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Perrion Winfrey, I think what Miles Garrett did to him when trying to shame him was like, look, you got to step up your game on the field. If you're going to have rumors 
and, and allegations or, or suspicions around you, you better at least produce on the field. And I, I, I think that's what Miles Garrett was trying to – because Miles Garrett seems more of a production guy. He doesn't seem like more of a – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he doesn't strike me as a moral rah-rah guy. He's more of a – if you're doing your job, then he won't say nothing to you or about you. But but I think Miles Garrett was shooting. Uh, I don't think – to your question, I don't think the Browns should stop going after controversial guys at the same time. You don't want to make it a habit of going after guys that have a lot of baggage. Yeah, I just wonder but, how many of those type of guys can you have in a locker room, Lance? You know, how many how many can you get away with there? I think you can win Super Bowls. As I hate to say it, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the, the Raiders, uh, the, the yesteryear. I, I don't think I don't think we have to go that far, even Lance. I was thinking about this earlier. You know, the the, the Eagles last year signed Adamic and Sue in like week four of the year, and no one heard of Pete from him all year. He was put in line. He did the right things. He acted the right way. Frank Clark in Kansas City, Lance, you you know, in Michigan. I mean, local kid Frank Clark, but right, at Michigan, right. he got in a lot of trouble. Kansas City, right. he's he's been a, a consummate pro, all things considered. Randy Moss, yeah, you know, I'm being, but it, but it, but, that, but that goes to coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. Do you have, and, and then that goes back to the Miles Garrett. Oh, so, you know, had to be Miles Garrett, but do you have a leader in the locker room on the team that could say, okay, this is the way we do things around yep. here. Yep. If you're gonna do your thing on the field. You gotta at least be productive on the field. And do you have the right you know. do you have the right structure as well? And thank you, Lance. I appreciate you, man. Good call. Thank you. All right, good stuff. Yeah, do you have the right structure? You know, again, I mentioned the two Super Bowl teams from last year and named a player on each with reason. They can sign to Dominic and Sue and and I, I would bet I mean, you guys are good sports fans. You guys you listen to sports talk radio. You guys are good sports fans. You guys probably knew Nadamic and Sue was on the Eagles. If you didn't, that's all right though. I, I would bet a lot of your buddies out there didn't know that. You know, I mean, he was he was there. He he was a big part of it, but uh, he just he flew under the radar. Frank Clark, obviously, everyone knew plays for Kansas City, Mister Postseason Frank Clark, but he was he was an absolute mess in college, absolute mess in college. You get in Kansas City, good structure, good everything around there with Andy Reid and with uh, with, with everything that they have and everything they built, and you know, Frank Clark just gets the job done, no question about it. But I do think Miles Garrett knew something, and I think Miles Garrett knew. That Kevin Stefanski and what was currently happening with the Browns wasn't enough. I think he he looked at it, and, and because Perrion Winfrey kept getting in trouble, I, I would have loved to have seen what would have happened if Miles Garrett hadn't gotten in trouble himself. I, I would have loved to have seen if Miles Garrett would have gotten more and more public about it. We've only really seen him publicly lambaste one other person on a consistent basis, and that's Joe Woods. I mean, he beat up like he beat up Joe Woods like a pinata in these press conferences week after week after week. He made it a habit to express how much he thought. He, he just bust-tossed him any chance he got. I wonder if he was looking at the Perry on Winfrey situation and saying, this isn't getting through. Kevin keeps punishing him. Nothing keeps happening in regards to getting it right, so I got to take this matters into my own hand. It's fascinating to think about. But when it comes to the Browns, you got to figure out whether or not you can bring these type of guys into your locker room, into your situation, into your environment, or whether it's all going to blow up on your face. And I don't mind them swinging for the fences and taking risks. One of the advantages you have that people don't discuss enough when they landed Deshaun Watson is they were going to be the team wearing the dark hats, so to speak. They got to be football villains, which means they could bet on anyone with a questionable past or anyone that got themselves in trouble since they took on Deshaun Watson. Brought this up when Jalen Carter was being talked about before the draft. You guys remember Jalen Carter? 
Now, we didn't have a chance to get him since he was taken in the first round, but Carter was the Georgia D-tackle who was involved in that car crash that tragically killed two people. Uh, best player in the draft. A lot of people ended up saying, ended up going to the Eagles, oddly enough, because the Eagles are the type of place that can take on a player like Jalen Carter. But he was off the board by the time the Browns got there. But there was real talk about him just free-falling in the draft. And I was saying for the Browns, he was on the table. If he had slid, because we've already established we make deals with the devil, so to speak, he would have been on the table. And I think what I told you guys is I, I don't, I'm not asking you to invite Jalen Carter in for dinner with you and your relatives. I'm not asking him. I'm not asking you to accept him in your day-to-day life when it comes to uh, being around him even. I'm just asking you to accept him as a football player because that's what I care about the most. I would have taken that deal 11 times out of 10. All day, every day. There's no doubt in my mind I would have signed on the dotted line for it. But I'm looking at this right now, and I'm looking how it all ended with Jadavion Clowney last year, and I'm looking on how they they really didn't punish Perry on Winfrey to the point where it got through to his skull. And we, that's evidenced by the fact that he's had three incidents since April and was basically begging to be kicked off this team. And I just don't know whether or not the Browns, as of right now, under Stefanski, with Andrew Barry, whether or not they have the right culture and the right regime to take on these question marks, to take on the guys that wear the dark hats, to take on the guys that we all know, it's not a guessing game, we all know they come with questionable backgrounds at best. I don't know that they can take on a lot of these guys. I think every one of these type of guys that you bring in, you are running the risk of upsetting the apple cart. You are running the risk of completely uh, making everything go sideways in the blink of an eye. Because as of right now, based off of what we saw with Perry on Winfrey, I don't know that the Browns know how to discipline and know how to get into a player's head to tell them, hey, you got to straighten yourself out. Because they just let Perry on Winfrey go rogue for a year, and it took seven incidents before they finally ended up releasing him. And he still, I don't know that he still has learned his lesson. 216474 to below 92. At what point does this fall on Andrew Barry? And also something Zach Jackson had to say earlier today doesn't help out Barry's case when it comes to the draft class. We'll get that and more when we come on back. But first, Classic Chevy and Menor has your 2023 Chevy Silverado 1500 custom truck for $399 per month. Hey, it's Jonathan Peterlin for Jeremy Hamilton and the entire team at Classic Chevy and Menor. Tracks, Trailblazer, Equinox, Traverse, all of the in-demand Chevy models, they're on the lot or in transit to the dealership. Classic Chevy. Where else but on Route 615 in Menor? You guys know that. The entire inventory, new, certified, pre-owned, or in transit, it's all there for you. And, and let's say you're just you're like me, and sometimes you don't want to go into the store. It's a beautiful store, but you're like, I don't want to go in. Well, that's okay. You can shop online. ClassicChevy.com. That's ClassicChevy.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. 